1: Now, before we start, a little bit of housekeeping. It's come to light that some listeners are saying that they are having a problem and they're not getting notified of the new episodes of this show. And what happens is they're going looking for a new episode when I tweet a link to it. If this is happening to you, and just if this is happening to you, all the other people can just fast forward this bit, but if this is happening to you, delete any Fascinated episodes that you have downloaded and remove Fascinated from your podcast app and then resubscribe on itunes or headstuff.org and then you never need worry again in fact you might even have a few episodes to catch up on now remember this is only if you're having a problem and if you're not having a problem and you're still listening what are you doing you're just delighting in other people's misery you need to take a long hard look at yourself and if things are so fine for you why don't you leave a lovely review on itunes would that kill you Hello, you are very welcome to another episode of Fascinated. Now, my guest this time, I'm really excited about this one, is Adele Lynch, who is, of course, the lead singer from Bewitched. Now, I set up this interview quite some time ago, but I didn't realise that Adele doesn't live in Dublin anymore. She's now living in Chester. So I thought, lovely, I can go to Chester. So, last Wednesday morning, I got up at five o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, And I flew to Liverpool and then I got a bus to a train station and then I got the train to Liverpool city centre and then I got another train out to Chester. And then I got a taxi to a conference centre. But then when I met Adele we realised that she was actually gigging in Dublin and Kildare the following Saturday and Sunday. But if you haven't seen the Dublin airport long term car park at 5 o'clock in the morning, you haven't lived. Now Adele became very famous very quickly when her and her sister Kiwi and best friend Sinead O'Carroll formed a group. They were later joined by Lindsay Armau and Bewitched was born.
2: Some people say I look like me dad. What, are you serious?
1: <laughs> they took off in 1998 with a bag. They became the youngest girl group ever to hit number one in the UK, which began this string of number one hits. They quickly cracked America with top ten hits on the Billboard Top 100, and they toured out there relentlessly.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bewitched from Ireland.
1: They recorded songs for movies and even sang the theme tune to the animated series of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. In 1999, they released their second double platinum album, Awake and Breathe. Even though they spent a lot of the promotion time in the US, they still had another run of hit singles in the UK. But in 2002, when they were about to start promoting their third album, they were informed that it was all over it literally just stopped for them. The third album was never even finished. This happened at a time when they were still flying high and selling a lot of records. In fact, it was front page news in Ireland. One newspaper had the headline, Beditched. While they hadn't repeated a string of number ones with this album, they were still selling a lot of records. Their last single, Jump Down, sold 44,000 copies in the UK. Four years after Bewitched were dropped, the music industry was a different place. Orson's song, No Tomorrow, reached number one selling 17,694 copies in 2006 and in September of 2015, Justin Bieber had a number one in the UK with What Do You Mean selling just 30,000 copies. The band split soon after they were dropped, but Adele continued in music and joined the Xenomania writing team. She wrote songs for Girls Aloud and The Sugar Babes and in 2006 released an electronica album with her sister Kiwi under the name Barbarellas. In 2012, after 10 years apart, Adele and Bewitched reunited to take part in the big reunion. This TV show led to two arena tours that year. The following year they released an EP of new material called Champagne and Guinness you. Yeah. Yeah. Since then, she's been the winner of Celebrity Apprentice in Ireland, raising €25,000 for Laura Lynn House, and she was a housemate on Celebrity Big Brother in the UK. How
2: are it's you? To to come Adele. I'm Adele. When
1: people write about Adele, they often say that she is outspoken or feisty, but if she was a man, they'd probably just say she was self-assured or articulate. There's no false modesty with Adele, and there's no bullshit with her either, and she is great crack, but you'll hear that for yourself. This is the fantastic Adele Lynch. All right, we're here in the middle of Chester.
2: Yes, we are.
1: Chester in... snowing
2: in the snowing. snowing Chester.
1: Yeah. <laughs> snowing in the middle of spring in a board meeting room. <laughs> well, not with, that we're bored. Not that we're bored, <laughs> but it's, it's a bit creepy, isn't it? Coming in here, like it's, it's like weird. board meeting with like uh, a whiteboard and a projector. Yeah. Um, it feels
2: like we should be a little bit more business-like than we're being. I know, yeah. Oh, we're just, we're we just sitting
1: here giving out about people. Yeah. We should have met
2: in like a five-star hotel or something. That's what we are.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Surely. Is that not show business?
2: It's where I come from. Exactly. I was brought up in five-star hotels, me. Of
1: course you are. When did all that start? Like,
2: who bewitched or five yeah, star be,
1: hotels? Well, five star <laughs> hotels first. I mean, that's because I mean, like Shane, yeah. he, he was boys, on. so it was a kind, of, yeah. it kind of became like the family were used to five star hotels, truly. Really. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when all that started. Well,
2: I, I guess just when we became pop stars, like the record companies spoil you rotten at that point. They probably don't anymore because it's changed money. There's not as much yeah. money coming in, but at the time, like the money was just being thrown at us and we were spoiled rotten left, right, and centre five star hotels five star restaurants five star everything really oh wow Um, and little did we know it was all coming out of our pocket you don't know that when you begin at all that's
1: awful isn't it you're the second person that said that to me because I interviewed Kearney Wilson from Wilson Phillips oh yeah and she was saying that the record company were always talking about lose weight you have to lose weight and Mm. they sent like psychologists with her and dieticians and and they were traveller, and then she realised she was paying for every single one of them
2: yeah exactly because I mean the contract is so thick and you're so well we were so young at the time Yeah. I read through a lot of it but you don't necessarily Really understand everything and then you realise all the pennies are coming from your pocket you're like oh well, there's a hole in the pocket and the pennies are just dropping along the ground as you're walking Yeah, hey, yeah. No! <laughs> there's another star there's another star ah!
1: but you're like uh, when you started that was around it was 97 wasn't it you 98 you were, well,
2: 97 oh. when we began the whole thing like when it kind of was when the fruits were being Bears, I suppose, but '98 was when we had the hits and that.
1: And that's 18 years ago. Did you think that I 18 know. year? Oh my god. Well, I have that? to say, you don't look like somebody that, that started their career 18 years ago. Thanks. You look fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> Even I for like a care. snowy day in Chester. <laughs> 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 I, know,
2: I'm, I look kind of wintry, though. You do autumnal colours. I think that's called, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when you when you started, no. uh, how long was it before you? Before uh, the sale of the the big the the first hit came out. Um.
2: So well, we got ourselves together in Dublin. Uh, you probably remember a place called Diggs Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there used to be a dance center in there, and we all went there. So we kind of met each other through various friends, etc. At the time, and put this band together. Um. We used to rehearse in Diggs Lane, and people would say to us all the time, "What are you rehearsing for?" And we would go, "Our dreams." You like just really naive. <laughs> so I think that <laughs> continued for about a year. Um. And we were really like meticulous with what we did and how we did it. And very, I was quite strict with, uh, excuse me, like, you know, rehearsal time is this time. You know, you're <laughs> an hour and a half late. Where are you? And they were like, oh, relax, will you? We don't have a manager. And I'm like, well, until we do, I'm your manager and you're late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just being really. Just
1: laying down the law.
2: Laying down the law. Um, I was probably a little difficult, <laughs> some might say. <laughs> but, but um,
1: did that come from. Because I suppose Shane at that time was in Boyzone. Mm. So yourself and your sister Kiwi, you kind of got to see, okay, if you work hard,
2: this can go really well for The thing is with Shane, I mean, he never, he was never into like dancing or singing or anything like that growing up. And he was in the choir at school, very simply to get out of class. Um, And it was ourselves, it was all the girls that were into dancing, we were all dancing and doing whatnot growing up. So when he suddenly got in boy zone, it was like, you what? was very confusing (laughs) nearly it was just like he's in a boy band i don't understand
1: confusing or were you just furious (laughs) no just confusing
2: i mean i've always wanted to be a singer ever since i was tiny um and then i kind of admitted it around about the age of 12 or 13 i was singing in the van we were on we used to go to portugal in this high ace van that dad had uh, converted into a camper there's probably many of them back in the day wasn't there um and i was in the van one day singing singing away to eternal flame and my mom and my sister kind of just stopped out and listened and went, you're actually a really good singer. You can really sing. And I was like, really? So it was kind of that moment for me that I thought, well, maybe I'll actually say it out loud and take myself seriously. Um, so when Shane ended up in a boy band, it was like, oh, well, that's really crazy that he's ended up there. So when you see it being successful for him, then you realize that actually it is touchable. Because when you want to be something like a singer or yeah, an actress yeah. or whatever, I mean, I remember saying it in school and they would say, don't so stupid now, think of a real job.
1: Yeah, what's and the a, backup plan? Yeah,
2: which is kind of understandable for teachers to yeah. say, but at the same time, we were lucky because my parents never said that. If we wanted to do something like that, they always said, well, right, right, so. Go what are you going to do, do about it? What are you going to do about us? you know? Wow. And they always allowed us to think and believe that way, which is lovely. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and then you see Shane doing it, and then you realise it, it really is doable. But then, of course, like, you know, the ignorance myself goes I'll do it myself I don't need him you know so we did everything we could to stay away from Shane Lynch and Louis Walsh like and trying to find our own ways in which is the all stupidest right. thing to okay. do. Okay,
1: So it was, you, you didn't capitalise on what you on not what was there? Not at
2: all because I thought I want to make it my own way there which is dumb because Oh I my god, you're a Baltic. Yeah totally I would say to anyone now like you know if there's a train there and you know someone on it get on their train because it's so hard to get in you know um so we were together probably for about a year we'd done this program called tx in dublin it was a saturday morning show and oh we had done it three times and on the third time we were on it um louis walsh happened to be on the same show and he invited us to play the boy's own tour in ireland the boy's own dates and that was literally so it ended up being through louis anyway so we could have made okay. it a year earlier you know so uh, we so might have had an
1: easier year yeah, yeah
2: and we might have we might have not got the property boom we might have actually got property when the when the property was worth nothing and then made some more money, you know? Oh. But no, we were too ignorant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you stuck your guns at. down. Yeah, exactly, darn guns. There you darn go, guns. worth every penny. <laughs> Damn it.
2: Um So yeah, and then we did the boys' own tour and he he continued liking us and invited us to meet this woman called Kim Glover. He invited her to Dublin to come meet us and she ended up being our manager. And that was it then. She took us to London and it all kind of went from there.
1: And But that was all... Prior to anything coming out,
2: like that was prior kind of to anything, anything at all. We used to write our own songs at that point, and we were writing and recording in Pulse Studios in Dublin. And oh yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I think our first recordings were in a barber shop in Baldoyle, in the back of a barber shop, like.
1: Oh. Yeah, there was so only hilarious. three of us. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm. And so, because I remember when that single first came out, and I hadn't it's heard been. it at all, um, I just remember I saw the first time I heard it was you were all on the Late Late Show, okay. and. I, no actually I'd heard it but I didn't realise that it, it was an Irish band yeah. and you were being presented with your, your discs as you just got to okay, number yeah. one and I am thinking where did these come from yeah. because you were with Boys on, like they were kind of they were hawked around the country for mm-hmm. a while before anything happened and the, kind of it, Ireland, it started in Ireland but it
2: appeared to Ireland that we came out of nowhere because yeah. we kind of based ourselves in London because we got a London manager that's actually how okay. it happened. So we, we've done we've done a lot of time by ourselves in Diggs Lane and over the while. I mean, the girls' own auditions were going on at the time and stuff. So those mm-hmm. kind of people were well aware of of us and what we were doing. Um, but outside of that, nobody had a clue. So I think we were number one on top of the Pops and everyone was going, who? How? Yeah. Like, where have they been, you know? I think we had a little bit of a lashback as well saying, well, why have they used England and not Ireland? But it's, it, it's not that way. It's very naively you just... You know, you get the links and you, you kind of tie with them and you yeah. go there. And I think our manager happened to be from London. She wanted to take us on. She knew Ray Hedges, who was our producer, who produced everything. And of course, we were going along for that, right? Ray Hedges, I'm coming. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but as well as that, as soon as you start to do anything in Ireland, the first thing people in, I suppose, entertainment will say to you is, go to England, go to England. That's you the know. thing. I
2: mean, it's a bigger world.
1: Yeah, it's a bigger market. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. It's a
2: bigger market and you just have more opportunities. Yeah. So
1: And so... The first was number one. You're yeah. like on top of the world. Yeah. Um, and how long was it number one for? Because like, it sold an awful I, lot of records.
2: Gosh, I can't it? remember. Um, I think it was, like it was a number one in Ireland for like seven or eight weeks or something. Wow. I think. God. I don't think I'm making that up.
1: And then straight away, there was another, there was, there was a string of number ones at the start. Uh, yeah,
2: the UK number ones. Funny enough, I think it was Roller Coaster and Say of were number one in Ireland, but then To You I Belong and Weatherman weren't, but we continued the string of number ones in the UK. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Um, to You I Belong and Weatherman were number one in the UK and in various parts all over the world I guess at that point
1: So what was that like because I mean that that must be easily mm. is it easily a year a year and a half where everything is just
2: I was madness Hit after hit I mean it was absolute madness and I, I guess when C'est first went, went to number one at that point we were just really just kind of wanting a top 20 hit um, yeah. and in the midweek everyone said I think yous are going to be number one and we wouldn't even listen it was like stop saying stupid things like that to us please because why would you do that and ruin, yeah. our, ruin our number 19 on Saturday? You know, yeah. that way? And, you know, they were actually trying to be honest and tell us, but we just didn't want to hear it. We thought people were just saying it just for the sake of saying it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and our producer ended up telling us on the Wednesday or the Thursday, we were like, I have to tell you because people are literally saying and everywhere you are actually going to be number one, you're hundreds of thousands ahead. like, And it was just... I can feel the shivers running down me now, even still talking about it. Gosh. It's just one of those moments in life that you never kind of forget the feeling and even talking about it just brings you back. It's wow. just so surreal. And it wasn't the done thing in them days for people to go number one like we did either. And then we yeah. continued four times and it was like, what? I think some of the industry hated us for it because we kind of, you know, we put, yeah, we set this it changed this the bar, doesn't it? It yeah. really did. We changed the bar for people and in some ways it was an unfair bar, but... But oops,
1: so... At what point then does say, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've had two number ones, you've yeah. had like this massive run. So at what point does it be, does the elation, the whole thing, become this pressure of, okay, yes, now we exactly. next now we have to, to yeah. be number one?
2: Um, that definitely came with the fourth single, Weatherman. Okay. So I, I, I remember probably celebrating all of them up until then. And for whatever reason, Weatherman just felt like a real pressure. Um, we were on tour with NSYNC and Britney Spears in America at the time, and we got a phone call that Weatherman went number one. When we were on the stage, actually, I think our manager got the phone call, so NSYNC had heard that we were number one before we had. So they like, decked out the dressing room with like uh. champagne and balloons, and they'd written all over the blackboards or whiteboards yeah. in the conference room where we were dressing. <laughs> this must be taking dressing, back, is it? <laughs> yeah. And they'd written all over the thing. And we came off the stage and they were like, Whoa, party poppers screaming like, and shouting, you're number one, you're number one. And we were like, ah, brilliant. And kind of sat down and they were like, what do you do? Like, is there number one. And we were like, we're always well, thank number God. One. But we were like, no, thank God. We won't be slagged off tomorrow. Because you know yourself, the press, the oh, minute yeah. you're not what you were, they all yeah, suddenly yeah. jump on you and they pounce on you and you're like wrestled to the ground. So we were like few the press will leave us alone today. God. Which is kind of sad because we yeah. should have been celebrating, but it's not what we were doing at that point. And
1: what age were you then?
2: Uh weatherman eighteen, nineteen, probably. That's an awful lot, isn't it? For yeah. An world. yeah.
1: God. And so you were out in America at that time mm-hmm. and you were touring with NSYNC and uh Britney Spears. NSync what the and hell Britney was Spears. I like? mean,
2: brilliant. I mean, we were living the life like we yeah. were living the life. It was incredible. And the crowds were incredible. They were huge. We toured up and down the country like three or four times with them at that point. I mean, we were in front of 19,000 people, I think, most nights. And it was just incredible. Wow. Uh, and then it's that it's that amount of people singing Célebi back to you and stuff at that point as well, where we you're thinking, my gosh, something's really going on here. Because we cracked the States. Yeah. Um, which is really difficult to do. Not many people did it back then. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not so sure whether we expected to do it necessarily. But we did a Disney concert with five at the time and the moment we did that it all just kind of blew up from there and the album was huge you,
1: you did loads of um, like songs for soundtracks and stuff like that for yeah for we Disney did yeah films. we did a couple of yeah.
2: soundtracks on that yeah wow yeah
1: well, and it's brilliant how knackered were you
2: Oh shattered. Because that
1: that's the real Irish thing, I oh, think. Isn't shatters, oh, you yeah, must have yeah. been exhausted. And the
2: thing is, I don't think we realised how tired we were. For about three years we didn't get any time off at all, not even one day, I'd say. And about three years into it, we got I remember a period of time we got three either years. three years. A period of time there was where we got either ten days or two weeks off. And Kiwi went to the Maldives and I think I went to Grenada maybe at the time. And I just remember coming back and the two of us were like, oh, we've been tired for three years. Like I've forgotten to, you've forgotten how yeah. normal felt. It was like, I actually couldn't understand how I was feeling and what it, the feeling was just being awake. Um, we actually didn't realize we were so knackered.
1: Was it, was it three years of elation or, or, or were you, or were you just going, of, oh, this bloody job?
2: No, it was brilliant. Really? Every bit of it was absolutely brilliant. Um, they, they definitely pushed us and I think the moment we realized we were being pushed too far was probably when it all started to go downhill because then we okay. started to try and look at it realistically like we, we would lunch wouldn't even be in the schedule most days like we would be doing I'd be doing an interview with you and this would be my lunch um, oh God! yeah and that was most days and then maybe you'd get you'd be you know get a half an hour for dinner or something so we we, we were literally pushed to the limit and I think we probably noticed that when we went in um, to America on tour it was our American tour manager that kind of, you know, made us, opened our eyes to it. And in okay. some ways, it was our downfall that opened our eyes to it. But um, it was how we became people again, I think, as well.
1: Yeah, because there has to be there has to be an after it. Like, there has yeah. to be something left for when this all kind yeah.
2: of... And then, you know, there's a slight bit of kind of resentment and anger that goes with goes with that kind of awakening as well. You sort of yeah. look around and you go, hang on a second. Like, I'm surrounded by all these people that I thought were my friends and were looking after me. But in actual fact, nobody is. That's down to me. Okay. And when you're so young, you don't know what looking after yourself is, really.
1: No. Yes, I mean, true. I know you
2: were 17 or 18, but you're out of school and you kind of just don't realise how responsible for yourself you have to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's a bit of a weird moment, really, when you start kind of pissing people off. By, am I allowed to pissing people off? Of course
1: <laughs> <laughs> You say whatever the hell you like, those bastards. When you start kind of pissing
2: people off because you're saying no to things. Like, I remember yeah. putting my foot down and twice didn't get on an airplane. I was like, no, I haven't had my dinner. And they were like, oh, but you're going to miss this flight. We need to be in New York for such and such a TV show. I was like, I don't care. I asked you to put my dinner in the schedule and you didn't bother. So I'm not getting on the plane. Um, okay. And you know, you know you're you annoying these people because they're first class flights to wherever and they need to change them now and pay for them again. But you're like, well, you bloody well learn to put my dinner in the schedule then, won't you? Yeah. You know, yeah, but then yeah. all the while you're doing that and sticking up for yourself, people are getting annoyed with you and you're probably turning some people against you in some ways as well. So it's a bit of a weird, weird time.
1: Yeah, but I suppose... When you've got a schedule like that, you have to kind of you have to feel like you're pushing back and protecting yourself at Yeah, at some I rate, mean there was there was like
2: going that. to be that point where somebody yeah. was going to do it for us, um, and that was our moment when when we were in America. I guess we saw it then.
1: And so when when you've got that three t- those three years of work, were you did you feel okay? Well, you know I've no life. I've, I'm 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 pop star twenty four seven no No, we didn't
2: really notice because the girls and I were genuinely best friends like we actually got like a house on fire so I mean it was incredible going on this journey together travelling the world so I don't really remember ever wanting for more okay I mean our social lives technically outside of ourselves was on the phone I remember I used to spend two and a half thousand sterling pounds on my phone bill a month
0: oh Oh my god I
2: know for three years like I'd quite like that back (laughs) 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 like you couldn't even do that nowadays really with Skype and Viber and FaceTime and all even um, a nice corporate from that.
1: Vodafone surely they owe you that yeah out yeah there. <laughs> exactly
2: but she, like there was none of that then you know what I mean it was just yeah. your out, you know your Nokia where you could in fact you couldn't even text at times when they first started sure, you could, yeah so it was yeah just that's calls. right it was just phone calls so uh, that's where all the money went but no had an absolute bowl wouldn't change it for the world don't regret any of it whatsoever um, the biggest moment I guess outside of wished, it was Keevy and I then separating because we've been twins so we were in the same class growing up we had the same jobs we did everything together until the end yeah. of Bewitched so that was the scariest moment I think for me in life where suddenly I realised oh this is how everyone feels on the first day of school because okay, you all man. have to go in on the first day of school by yourself we we had each other all the time so you yeah, can't yeah. See you have someone holding your hands, but then Bewitched ended and we went separate ways and that's kind of when my first day of school started so and that was how, weird.
1: how did that like the end, how did that come about? Because there was a, you did your second album.
2: Yes, um, did the second album that did really really well. I mean, I think it was double platinum as well. Sold really well in the states again. Um, we were to be doing the third album. The third album was planned. In fact, we had most of it recorded. The uh, we had the location for the first single for the first video off of the third third album, and we were we, myself and Kivi were on holidays in America and waiting for the call to say when we were going to go to um, Africa. The location was in Africa. Okay. And then we got a call and the manager just said like, oh, it's over. And I was just like, oh. And I had some sixth sense thing going on. I kind of had a feeling it was coming. So I was prepared for the phone call, but I hadn't said it to the girls because it was really coming from nowhere. There was no reason for yeah, me to feel yeah. that way or, or because it. Because
1: that, that, that album sold really well. And was, the album sold well
2: of and you know, we were recording the th- third album we were literally waiting for a location video, but there was just something telling me that something wasn't right.
1: But it, that was a kind of a weird time as well, wasn't it? Because a, a lot of people that were doing really well just suddenly all started yeah. to disappear. Do you know like what
2: happened? The record companies were so big, but then they started to lose money and they all started to basically just kind of downsize and join together. And with that, you have to get rid of people that you're spending money on, I guess. And what happened to us was that the record company changed hands and we suddenly weren't anyone's baby anymore. And they love their babies. Okay. Um. And so suddenly we were no one's baby, and we were already up there. People knew what they were doing, so nobody could get their teeth into any anything kind of new, because we were already done. So they chose to let us go instead.
1: And when so when they bailed, mm. did you, did the four of you, think okay, let's?
2: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we go, tried. To go on to we get did, another for deal. six months. I think we tried to get another deal. There was a record company at the time called Telstar who had offered us a deal, but it was very difficult to get away from Sony. Um, whatever way Sony were trying to let us go, Telstar found it very difficult to, to work with that. So that ended up kind of falling by the wayside in the end as well. And then it's just so that. So, so the
1: company that were letting you go, yeah, you couldn't sign a new deal because of the way they were letting yeah. you go.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah wow. it was just they were just making it really difficult to sign a new deal at that point. So um, that ended up falling by the wayside as well. And it wasn't an option a year later. So that was it then. And then um, it was like, well, I think you just choose what to do. So we just went fine, maybe this is the end.
1: And when you finished, you've worked so hard for yeah. you know, X amount of gears, so millions of records. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of go, that's me sorted, I'm going to buy a
2: house? The funny thing is, right, I think it, it looks like we made more money than we did. So we definitely had enough money to buy a house, which is what we did. So We all bought houses and property. But um, I invested in property, and then sure, of course, the property crash oh, went course. in yeah, Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so my, my money went with our property crash in Ireland. So. Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly so uh, you know from the outside in you look like you're sorted like, but in the, in the reality of it all you invest in the wrong thing and you're screwed just as much as everyone else So,
1: but then at the, at the same time you're 22 and you're 21 like.
2: that's it how old were we at that point I think when we were dropped we were how old were we 19, 22 about 23 yeah about 23 or something it was at that point point. and you know we were doing grants um, it's upsetting to be dropped. You know, yeah. we were dropped when we were in the States so we had a couple of weeks where we drank too much and got our first tattoo, Katie <laughs> <TV> and I. <laughs> You're like, yeah, screw you, record company, I'm getting a tattoo. Ooh, you rebel, you know. <laughs> and then you come home and you kind of think, right, what am I going to do? And uh, I threw myself into writing. I started writing with a company called Xenomania who were writing for Sugar Babes, Girls Aloud, in Texas and people like that at the time. So threw myself into work and then oh, writing cool. for myself as well. So uh, So I didn't really slump down that far. I didn't yeah. allow myself to because I threw myself into work, which I really enjoyed. But you do
1: seem quite driven. Like, I mean, you, you have that kind yeah. of, um, uh, kind of a hummingbird thing that yeah. you just kind of go, yeah, okay. I, the-
2: I can, yeah, I am kind of like that. And if I get my mindset on something, I, I literally just keep driving until I actually make that point. Um, and then I suppose I was lucky because I met my ex-husband now, but my husband at the time I had met him. And we were having children and also my personal life was taking off.
1: Okay, So right. I
2: was kind of lucky really I was saved by that as well
1: And kind of late as well Because you'd had those four years Of just being That's it You know
2: Yeah exactly So um Yeah so I, I guess I was lucky at had a few things To pick me up at the time Keevy wasn't so lucky Because Keevy w- went really down Really slumped And he was really depressed For a number of years
1: Yeah mm. yeah With you, you and the other girls Did you always go Oh I've had enough I've seen these girls For four years I can't Did you all just Not fart, at all um,
2: No we were still Really good friends For years after that Um I've never really spoken Sinead and I were the best friends for 10 years and something happened around the two of us getting married something went pear-shaped at our relationship and I'm not really entirely sure what it was but we ended up falling out around at that point she got married in the June and I got married in the August and uh, our relationship just didn't make it to Lindsay's wedding in September whatever happened in between and we've never really pinpointed exactly what it was that went wrong
1: it's weird I think, but I know she
2: was hurt and I was hurt and uh, we were years apart really
1: I've definitely had that happen with friends yeah. before where you're you know, your taking thieves for years and then you just realise what usually actually throws it up I find is if you know if you meet somebody yeah. else that knew you as two best mates, yeah. And they say, Oh, have you seen so and so and you kinda of go, Oh no, we fell out and, yeah. and, right, and right, but, yeah, it's
2: it's hard. I was yeah. I was hurtful for years like. And um and when the big reunion came around then of course because yeah. we did the big reunion, I mean I did not want to do the big reunion at all because I didn't know how I was gonna feel being back in Sinead's Space because I was just hurt too much and I didn't want to hurt again.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was really obvious watching that. You seemed really reluctant to...
2: (sighs) Yeah, it's funny really. I mean, it's funny when you watch it back back because we were hours in that room and of course we were the only Egypts that didn't actually meet up previous to the interview. No way. Everybody else had actually met up. So, you know, the moment where we genuinely hadn't seen each other for years was the moment that you guys saw on camera. So it was all very intense. Okay. However, we were there for hours. And then when you watch those hours condensed into one five minute segment, it looks very different. So out by itself. You're like, oh, this is interesting. I was on the edge of my seat going, ooh, what's going to happen next? Because I don't know. <laughs> you know, they have so much footage or so much footage. They can basically write whatever they want. Yeah. Um. So I think even in that footage, it looked like the girls weren't sure if they wanted to come back with me. But in actual fact, what it was, was I wasn't sure if I wanted to come back. But whatever way they made it out, because I, I'm a bit of a tough cookie. Um, so once I show my toughness, I'm I'm an easy target to just target that oh, toughness yeah, in, yeah. you know. So it kind of suddenly looked like now the girls were going, oh I don't know if we're back, or I don't know if I want to be back in a band with her. You're one, like you know. I was like, oh this is interesting. No so one said that. You know? When you
1: so when you kind of go, okay, like we're. we're, we're let's think about getting back together yeah. and you, sign up to do the TV show. Because mm. um, you'd kind of been out of, the, you'd done some stuff with Kiwi, you'd the Barbara, Barbara Ellis stuff. Barbara yeah, yeah. Um, but when, when all that starts happening, you see, okay, I'm kind of getting a bit of a rap here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you kind of think, oh, do you know what, I was kind of happier out of the, you know, um, I've been out for of for a For a brief few moment. Years. For yeah. a brief
2: moments, I took it very personally um, until I understood reality TV. And yeah. then, like, we'd never been part of reality TV and I'd stayed back from it over the years as well, but you know, you realize then it all comes hand in hand with each other now. Nobody is really a star anymore without reality TV somehow, yeah. in yeah, some way, shape or form, which is a shame in some ways. But, um, and then I understood reality TV and I thought, okay, fine, it's just a script. People may not understand that, but if I understand it, then it's fine. Once you know you're true to yourself, it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, and no, I'm, I'm grateful for the big reunion because Sinead's one of my best friends again. We had an absolute ball. Brilliant. The tour was amazing. I mean, we yeah. got to play arenas again. We couldn't have done that without the TV show. I really. saw the
1: Dublin show actually.
2: It was amazing.
1: It was unreal. But it was
2: the reaction of the people in Dublin to us in particular was incredible. Yeah. Like I just remember going, "Oh my god!" Like,
1: I think you see the bands on the, on that show. They didn't really peter out. It's like what happened with, with Bewitched is yeah. that there was still selling a massive amount of records. When, and then, and when then the, 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 in the industry, the end, like,
2: yeah,
1: it's like those bands were taken away from all the pop yeah, fans. Yeah, it makes sense. So there wasn't a. It wasn't a case that there was a single where people went, eh, not yeah. buying it. It's number seventy five. Yeah, there's a you lot know. of
2: truth in that, Yeah, um,
1: and you could really feel it that, that night mm-hmm. uh, in the point, especially I suppose with Bowie because it was like, a
2: well, gig it was on really amazing because like they really took us in as their own that evening. Yeah, I mean, actually, after we finished uh, Weatherman, I think was our final song. Like we could have stood on that stage, I'd say for half an hour, and people would have just kept screaming. Like the the actual reaction was just phenomenal.
1: It's amazing,
2: it's incredible.
1: Yeah, it really, it really was fantastic, and mm. the guy from uh, uh, from Liberty X, yeah, the, the, yeah, the guy who yeah, our dance, and he came yeah, on with you. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a really, it, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, it was. It
2: was a beautiful homecoming for us as well. Like it was really nice to you know we, we kind of felt. Like the ownership, like Ireland really owned us at that moment. You know, it yeah. was really nice. That must
1: have been fantastic. It
2: was. It was a lovely moment.
1: And how has it been since? Like, you because you've you've since you've done some recording as well. You've brought stuff out. Yeah, yeah.
2: The, we the, made a new EP called oh, Champagne yeah. and Guinness. And why we did that? Really, because we had so much support throughout the big reunion. I mean, the fans were incredible. Like there was a moment where we were doing the O2 Arena in London, holds eighteen thousand people, and we did it twice in one day, twice in that year. It was like what, you know? So we just kind of felt like it was fair to give back people seem to be investing in us so much so we wrote the EP Champagne and Guinness and we just put it out there again we didn't want to put pressure on ourselves we're getting a record company and making a massive release or anything it was literally just to give back
1: because it was done crowdfunded which yes. I think that's
2: yeah, amazing yeah
1: yeah it was yeah like the, I feel the whole crowdfunding model is just absolutely it's brilliant, brilliant isn't it? yeah I just because it, it, it th- I think the best story is there's a there was a detective series called Veronica Mars that I think did four seasons in the yeah. US And then they just cancelled it without wrapping anything up. So the fans actually paid for the whole thing, crowdfunded to make a finale. Oh wow, that's
2: amazing. Which is brilliant. Mm.
1: And do you think that, like, will you continue to do, do you think will you do that again or will you Um, do more gigs?
2: We've chosen not to make any more music, music this year, but the collection CD came out, which is everything we've ever done pretty much. Okay. All kind of rolled in a in a disc of in a disc with two. I think there's thirty songs on there or something. Not everything we ever did, but like, you know, the hits yeah, and yeah. then some of the new stuff and some of the B sides that people wanted in that. Um but we've chosen not to make any more new music this year, but I'd never say never. Yeah. If I've learned anything in the last four years of my life, it's never say never. Because I said I'd never go back to Bewitched and I said I would never split up with my husband. Yeah, <laughs> and both yeah. of those things have happened. So um And it must have been weird for never.
1: that to happen when you, you're back in, in public.
2: No, I was okay because the public didn't really pay attention to it. They okay. left me alone. Grant. Yeah, which is quite nice. It, it literally went. They were aware of it, but nobody went delving or anything like it went under yeah. the radar. So it was Grant.
1: And how about things like you know, uh, it's, so, it's so different now. You know, with Twitter and all that. Like yeah. It's like like you're saying everything's reality. Like mm-hmm. people aren't going to buy a song from you unless they actually they they have to <laughs> do more than like the song. They have to like the person and they have yeah. to know about the person. Yeah. How's that? I mean, because it's even so all, different. Yeah. Do you, I mean, is it intrusive?
2: Yeah, it can be sometimes. I think what I find with, with social media, the biggest thing for me is um, I kind of feel bad about how much influence you have on how individuals feel nowadays because of social media. Okay. I don't know if you've got this or you've noticed, but you know sometimes people tweet you and go, have you forgotten about me? Or why are you not answering me? And they get really upset that you haven't favored a tweet. Or, and I'm like, my goodness, Like I, I feel really bad yeah. that I'm responsible for how you feel as a person, okay. whether I give you a love heart on Twitter or not.
1: That I, doesn't happen to me. I, they don't give a shit. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a shit at all. That <laughs> kind of hurts. It
2: hurts my feelings yeah. in some ways because I don't want that responsibility. Um, it's kind of
1: the new signed photograph, isn't it? Or the new autograph. Oh, God. It's, it's like so much favorite. bigger than that, though. Re- yeah. So much was. bigger than that.
2: Like, the, the you know, the autograph was really difficult to get for people. Like, they okay. had to find you and they had to be there at the right moment at the right time with the right pen and the right photo and hope they catch you on the way by that you're not running late or whatever, you know? Yeah. So much harder to get where... I mean, they know, I suppose, with, you know, Twitter, Instagram and all of it, you can be sitting in your front room and reading that so they know you've got a bit more time with it in your hands.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: You know what I mean? And at the same time, yeah, at the same time, like, I, I mean, I love all of that and throughout, I suppose, the difficulties with my separation with my husband and everything, like... People on Twitter—they don't even understand the support that they were for me, and it was—it was incredible amount of support, even though they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But just having their love and support, and being able to tweet anything to the world and get a reaction back, and you just not feel so lonely.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that was massive. And that—that—that's that, that's the thing with social media—is it, yeah. it just makes people that are lonely feel it's more included. lonely?
2: Well, I think it makes them feel more lonely sometimes.
1: Oh yeah. When they well, because I suppose when they get something back. If you feel yeah, like okay exactly touched, if, if you, you, you get something back alone. then
2: fine but like you know what about that moment where you feel like you really need someone and you're tweeting it or whatever and then nobody answers you back gotcha. and now you feel even more alone that yeah. just feels really horrible to me um, yeah so in, because of that I kind of tend to stay off it now I tend to kind of say it and not react as much as I used to because I don't want to be responsible for how they feel so if I don't react to them now I don't now I don't have any responsibility to it does oh, that make sense? I know what
1: you mean. Yeah, yeah. So
2: but so I actually like engaging with them, but I, it just makes me sad that I'm responsible for how they might feel. That makes me feel yeah, sad. Yeah,
1: that's actually a really fair point. So I don't mind
2: giving them a positive moment if that's what they want to take it as, but if it's going to, throughout the day, make them feel a certain way, if I don't, Oh, like while they're react, waiting. Yeah, yeah, I can just, understand that. I, yeah, it just makes me feel sad.
1: God. And if the witch hadn't come along, what do you think would have happened? What would you have done? Where would you have
2: I actually, in all honesty, um, I wanted to be a stripper and that's the truth I know I wanted to be one of those American strippers (laughs) like like burlesque no you know like the striptease and they used to put on their strip shows not necessarily I didn't really like the idea of like doing a lap dance or anything for anyone but you know those striptease shows where they used to put on these shows and there'd be a little you know there'd be a runway in the middle of this club and and away they would go and do this big show (laughs) that's what I wanted to do my boobs would never have been big enough
1: and so, did, so your, did your parents say like, well, okay, what are you going to do with it? Prob- <laughs>
2: I don't think I ever admitted it out loud. I don't think I ever actually said that to them. I didn't need to in the end, I guess, because I got bewitched. <laughs> so if I wasn't going to be a, sw- a singer, that's what I wanted to be. A stripper. Yeah, but I would have had to have had a boob job because my boobs are tiny. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: I did not expect that. Mm. I didn't expect that. No, Jesus. I know. People never do. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And so... Okay, so there could be more gigs. There could be. Like yeah, we, do, I mean,
2: we do more gigs. We're always gigging. Yeah. We're constantly gigging. That must be great Grina. crack. I it's mean, brilliant. the idea
1: of without the pressure and to mm-hmm. go, you know, 18 years ago,
2: there's still. It's incredible. This stuff. It actually feels much better because there is literally no pressure. All we're doing now is going and entertaining people, and we know we do that well. So you're going yeah. just to have an absolute blast. Make people feel good, make ourselves feel good, catch up with your friends for a couple of days and, and go home. And That's what
1: brilliant. about the kids? Like, Because you have you, three young kids. so what? Do. That must be... Because like, there must have been a point where you had to go, actually, you know, like you're watching Frozen and let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Mammy's got a fine pair of pipes on her. She actually does sing them. Like, um, did you have to tell them or did you...
2: No, I think it's... I suppose it's since young, young enough, it's always been in the house to a degree, so they've always understood it. Okay. Um, I, why? I don't know, or where it comes from. I'm not really sure, but like we wish is so alive nowadays. Even though we're not yeah. actively working as much as we used to, the songs just live on.
1: Yeah, but if, it is one of those things because yeah. I mean, as soon as as soon as you hear, you know,
2: play Levy in particular, yeah,
1: just a chord of it, you kind of go, uh-huh. "Oh, fight like me, that," yeah. you know, it's just straight it away. Only has to
2: go, oh, oh, yeah, everyone yeah. goes, oh, that's that song or ding, ling ding, 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 you know. Um, so it, we're somehow always alive. So the kids have always understood what's been going on, and they love it. They they love the stage part of it. So they yeah. love watching me perform. But they couldn't care less about the tally part. Okay. Couldn't care less about the TV or the fact that I'm, you know, famous on some days of the week, which which I love. That's, yeah. That's a good thing to me.
1: Yeah, that is that. Is, that's actually quite helpful. Yeah, I think it's it? a
2: really good thing, and and I hope they continue not to care about it as well.
1: And what about things like you know you did the Apprentice, you did Celebrity mm. Brother, and you did um. The, uh, oh, there was something
2: else. Was there um, something else? There. me now. Was there? Probably the oh, big wait. reunion, is that what you Oh, big reunion, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Like, going into the big brother house.
2: Oh yeah, there was a that mental. That must be that was a the mental weirdest choice.
1: feeling walking through those doors.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's such a weird concept, the whole thing, isn't it? Just giving up your life for a month and being stuck indoors with, you're not really sure who and... Knowing yeah. that they're going to probably put people in there specifically to push your buttons, etc.
1: Yeah, and even things like, you know, you're going into the bathroom. It's like yeah. a Delfton in the bathroom 10
2: minutes. Yeah, I know, yeah. On. What must she be doing <laughs> in the yeah. toilet? Piss off, you know? <laughs> like,
1: wh- how long did you have to think about that before?
2: Um, I thought, you know what, it, it's really funny because... Big Brother came up as an option for me for a couple of years in a row.
0: And right. I was against
2: the idea of it. And then somehow the year that I did it, I called my agent and I said, I feel like it's right this year if it comes up. Yeah. It feels like the right time for me to do it. I don't really know why. Again, it was one of them sixth sense things just telling me that it just made sense. And then the call came in and it came up. So I didn't have to think about it at that point because I'd already known that if it came in. I had a feeling that I would do Big Brother someday. Okay. I don't know why, but again, it was just something telling me that it was going to happen. So I was preparing myself for years for that moment to come <laughs> until it was right. Um, so it just felt right that year. Um, the hardest thing is just making the choice to walk away from your kids for a month. Yeah. Really difficult. Um, but, you know, at that point, I was a single mom and I'm going, well, I've got bills to pay. Um, yeah, that's the other side and of And that's actually. it, really. And that, yeah. and that is ultimately why you go in there, because you have bills to pay. Yeah. Why is anybody else going in there? Let's and face you can take it. a month
1: away, but you can have the rest of the year with them.
2: That's the thing, and you know, and, like you know a, it's a I really difficult month for five. everybody. Yeah. Um, and they offer you it's a it's a good amount of money. It's not a week's wages by any means. So you come out and you have loads of time for them on the other side. Yeah. Um. So and that's why I made the choice financially just to pay my bills for the yeah. kids and that's it really.
1: And what do you think you'll do next?
2: I have no idea. We've done uh, well. Actually, I've started acting now, which oh, wow. is a new thing for me. Never thought about it in my life at all. But in the last year, I'd been asked to audition for a couple of things acting wise. Um and I really enjoyed the auditions really enjoyed learning the scripts and actually doing them so I decided to go to acting school so I go to acting school on Sundays oh wow yeah which I absolutely love I, I filmed my first piece on Monday just gone actually oh wow just a small cameo in a small comedy series that I can't even mention yet but very small but oh cool but absolutely loved it yeah Um, really nice to get the opportunity and I want more of it I'm kind of hungry for it now
1: oh wow I want a new
2: career I mean I love singing and I'll never stop singing I, I love singing so much and at some point, I think I want to make like an Irish album. I've made this album, which is kind of like a Enya crossed with Massive Attack. But the industry just doesn't accept it. No way. Yeah. So you,
1: you've, you've recorded a...
2: Recorded this album, went to the industry with it. They absolutely went mental over it. Everyone going, wow, this is amazing. It's incredible. I absolutely love it. It's so original. And then it suddenly just dropped out because they were like, can you tell Bewitch to do that? So it's really difficult to try oh, and wow. get away from who you were or who, who people expect you to be. So at some point in my life I'd actually really like to record, I think, like an Irish, traditional Irish album. But I think I'll let myself get on a few more years before I do it. So, <laughs> so could you do, could you do like
1: effective. a JK Rowling of like, send the album around with a different name?
2: Um, I tried that as well, but uh, they eventually figured out who it was and then the phone call stopped coming. No way. Yeah, like I was getting quite far down that route as well. And then suddenly when they realised at me, I was like, does that make a difference that you know who I am now? And they were like, no, no. Never heard again though.
1: Wow. Um, so in that way, it's it's that can be a bit paralysed. Yeah, it's a
2: it's a shame, really. I mean, I think the USA just don't seem to do that to people. They don't seem to put them no. in a little box and leave them there. The boxes seem to be opened and they allow them to be someone else or something else. Because at the end of the day, music is creativity, and it's expression. So, yeah. You know, I shouldn't I shouldn't have to just express myself in a you know in a hubba bubba kind of way, in a bubble gum pop. Like I should be allowed to express myself in whatever whatever I have to give. And I've done some incredible work, but people just don't accept it because. I was that little girl in the green fields. It's not accepted yet. Yeah. Maybe if you let en- enough, um, enough years pass, maybe they'll allow it to happen in years, but that for now so I'm still trapped in that little box with a little, ki- little coat. And, and
1: you think that because they trust you so much, mm. or they, they trust you so much to do what you've done and it was yeah. so successful yeah. that, they, that they trust you again.
2: Yeah. It's or is strange. it just the
1: arrogance that they feel?
2: I don't well, know what it that. is. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think the public would allow you to do something different. Totally. I think it starts with the industry. The industry are the ones that are putting you in that box and leaving you there. I think the public would allow you. And I think they're much more open minded than the industry is,
0: wow. in, in my
2: opinion. But uh, yeah, so so I want I want a new career. I want to act. I really do, and I'll never stop singing. That'll always go on. I'll never stop writing and stuff. But that's where my my little uh, my hunger and my zone is at the moment.
1: All right. So you just know you're gonna you're gonna just keep going and you're gonna do something. I really
2: want to. I really want to. I really want to do it. And it's really nice. I, I like those moments of getting the script and becoming someone else. Somebody yeah. actually telling you who they who they want you to be and how they want you to, and uh, what reaction that people want to feel. Because you, d- you did some panto delivering. as well,
1: didn't you? That, that yeah. Live, that must be great though. Like that's drawn on your live stuff. Yeah, you know, like yeah, exactly.
2: And panto is like, um, it's overacting as opposed to acting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everything's huge. Yeah, there's a lot of freedom in yeah. it, isn't there? There's a lot of expression and freedom in pantomime. So I, I wasn't sure about Panto, actually, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel, but I absolutely loved it. It's, it's a good laugh. Yeah. You know, everyone's there just to have a laugh. You don't take yourself too seriously. I did, I I did some Panto
1: and I nearly wanted to count myself. Did <laughs> you hate <Yeah>. it? And <laughs> um, I, I loved it, but I, my mum always says, why would you not go back? You were great when you played Buttons. Mm. I think mm. I would actually... If I when did you play Buttons it. and where? Oh, I did it in Tala.
2: Okay. <laughs> years ago. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I did, uh, I did, I think, nine years of Panto.
2: Wow. For oh, yeah, it. And is then, a lot. But,
1: but then you see once is you no wonder you don't want to go you're... back
2: because that's you've done that really. Yeah, you yeah. You don't want to revisit. You're like been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Yeah. And you've moved on.
1: Yeah, and I did get a look. They bottle thrown at me once in the Westlife Left so I was like, Oh hey. no,
2: on Panto.
1: In Panto, yeah. Oh, no. scone going back.
2: That's dreadful. <laughs> it was the scone bag matinee, yeah. We had that. We've, we've had beers thrown at us. Really? Beer. It was previous to like say La Ville being a hit and that we did like schools tours and nightclub tours. And I remember one in one town, Sid Cup, I think it was called. And they were just literally throwing up, throwing the glasses of beer up at us and throwing. We had these stickers with a PO box on the back of it at the time. And they were all just, literally the stage was filled with the stickers by the time we finished. It was like, oh, thank you, I think. Well, yeah, you know, you be. still have to be polite. And all you want to do is go, fuck you, you know, and throw the bleeding beer back oh no, be polite because that's what you have to do. <laughs>
1: polite Irish girls, yeah. so lovely.
2: And then we were booked back when C'est was a hit to a school in Sidcup and they went mental for us, of course, Oh, brilliant. Hit,
1: like, it's you know. nice to win.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> oh, listen, Adele, it's been brilliant talking Thank to you. Thank you so much. Great yeah. talking to you. Yeah. yeah,
2: definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, you.
1: fantastic Adele Lynch there and we continued chatting for ages after that interview. In fact instead of getting a taxi Adele dropped me back to the train station and I even got to learn what a particle filter is. There you go that's one for the petrol heads. If you like you can follow Adele on Twitter she is at Adele Lynch that's E-D-E-L-E Lynch and Bewitched our Bewitched reunion that's B-W-I-T-C-H-E-D reunion there's no E in Bewitched. Well there is no first E. Remember where the star was? Yeah, there's a nothing there now. You can follow me at Garoad Farrelly or contact the show by emailing fascinated at headstuff.org. You can make sure you don't miss out on new episodes by subscribing on iTunes or headstuff.org. And if you like this one, why not check out my chat with another big reunion graduate, Mariamma Goodman from The Honeys, who told me all about chucking in her pop star life to retrain as a midwife. That's all the way back in episode one and it's called The Day Job. Episode one, my God, how many years ago was that? And still, what are we on? Episode... 17 or something. Anyway, that's it for me. There'll be a new episode soon. Thanks for listening. podcast is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network.